In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Um, today, um, according to hymnody in uh, Vespers, we're expelled from paradise. Did you hear that? Uh, shakes the uh, bones a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, you good Christian people, you're out. Okay, that's the bad news, right? No, the joy of this day is that we're beginning our journey to paradise. Wow. You know, you kind of sometimes have to step away from something to appreciate it, right? So God says, just step back a little bit and make this journey. Every year we make this journey. We step back from it, and then we step back into it, and we see it in a different way. We see life in a different way. We see things in a different way. We see more about ourselves. This journey is about ups and downs, about ins and outs, about difficulties, about successes, about failures, about repentance. It's a powerful journey for us, but it's a, we have a direction. The fast is taking us where? To paradise. Say it. To paradise. That's where you're going. Wow. And you feel it when you enter that, that kind of Saturday of Holy Week. It's like, wow, we're here. We're on the edge of paradise. And then we come on Sunday and it's Christ is risen. We're in paradise. We've made the journey. We've made it. We have to see this in such an exciting way. Not in some kind of morbid way that, oh, God took us out of paradise. No, that we're journeying back and we'll experience so many beautiful things on this path, so many wonderful things on the path to paradise. And when we get back to paradise, we'll see it in a new way. It'll be brighter, more illumined. So just I, hang on, hang on. You've got seven weeks. Six plus one. Okay, so enjoy it, look at it, find it, find your path in it. God's got that path set up for you, so find it. Allow it to kind of dig at you a little bit. Allow it to, to, uh, to kind of work your soul to a place when you see and enter that paradise of delight again, it, you'll see it in that beautiful way. So that's our path, our journey today or the beginning of that journey today. And so we've walked through these five Sundays in preparation for Lent. We've looked at do we desire God above all things? Have we found the great virtue of humility? Have we, in a sense, that sense, returned to God as the prodigal son? Have we investigated our love for God? Do we love God? Have we accepted that love of God? And do we love that way? Is that the way we love? Now we come to this Sunday called Forgiveness Sunday. We'll have a beautiful service tonight at 6 o'clock, which is one of the most powerful services of our year, where we embrace each other, forgive me a sinner. Responding, God forgives. What a beautiful time that is for us. To kind of, kind of clear out the, the, the garbage of life and just look at everything and be able to say, you know, I'm clean. I'm, I'm ready to step into that journey. I've, I've, I've accepted this idea that I need to forgive 
and move on from that to a brighter, uh, a brighter way uh, uh, among us. So this Sunday is a critical thing for us. So in preparation for this, the Metropolitan sends out all these little thoughts of the day. So I want to read a few of them to you to kind of uh, prime the pump. Prime the pump. It said, when fasting is understood in a true Christian sense and not in a legalistic, pharisaical way, then forgiving of insults and abstaining from covetousness are a fast. And this is the most important fast, or if you wish, the greatest fruit of fasting. For indeed, there is very little value in abstaining from food without abstaining from returning of insult for insult and the illusion of earthly riches. St. Nikolai of Zicha. So, to fast, we fast from uh, returning insult for insult. No more of that. We cannot serve anyone with whom we have animosity. This is why the gospel stretches forgiveness, stresses forgiveness. The Lord even forgave those who crucified him, crying out from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If we are to serve the world, we must first be able to forgive everyone and, every, and everyone and anyone. The slightest amount of unforgiveness or anger towards anyone is enough to keep us from God. For in God there is only love. That's from the Metropolitan himself. Another one from St. Nikolai of Zicha. Fasting is an admirable thing, but it's more admirable to forgive insults. Though through fasting a man is preparing for charity, but by forgiving insults a man shows charity. Fasting precedes forgiveness, but fasting alone does not save without forgiveness. So forgiveness then becomes this very important kind of piece in our journey as we begin to step into that journey to paradise. Uh, in Psalm 50, we hear these great, great words, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's what forgiveness does. You know, we've all had this experience when we've held on to something and then we've forgiven it. How do you feel? You feel great. You feel light. You feel like a huge burden has been taken off. There's a powerful sense of healing that goes on when you have forgiven somebody, and especially when you've held on to the insult for a long time. Even for a little bit of time, maybe, but for the long time, you're, there's a great sense of relief. It's such an important thing. You know, God, it sounds like God is really harsh here. He says, if you forgive the sins of others, I will, I will, I will forgive you. But if you don't forgive sins of others, what's he say? I won't forgive you. Now, there's a reason for this. It's not simply because he's kind of laying out this pattern. It's because when we are not forgiving, something very detrimental has happened to us. So let me read this. What is the result of holding on to wrongs? 
What's the problem with holding on to wrongs? This is why God is saying, you have to forgive, because if, when you don't forgive, this is the condition of your soul. And if I forgive your soul in this condition, it's, it would not be a merciful thing. So what happens to the soul when you don't forgive? When you hold on to, to, to uh, insults or uh, wrongs, what happens to the soul? This is from the uh, uh, latter divine ascent, step nine, the remembrance of wrongs. Remembrance of wrongs is the consummation of anger. It's the keeper of sins. It's the hatred of righteousness. It's the ruin of virtues, the poison of the soul, the worm of the mind, the shame of prayer, cessation of supplication, estrangement of love, a nail stuck in the soul, pleasureless feeling cherished in the sweetness of bitterness. Continuous sin, unsleeping transgression, hourly malice. Have you ever felt those things? When you're holding on to a, a, a wrongdoing? What, what's the condition of the soul when you're doing that? It's not good. So God says, so, so what's God say do? Forgive. You, he wants you to get rid of that stuff. That's why forgiveness is so important. Not because it's just some kind of Christian thing we do, right? Well, we just forgive people. No, because when we don't, this is what happens to us. God is so merciful that says this is such an important thing because I am so concerned about the condition of your soul. I want your soul to be free from all this stuff. I don't want you to carry it around. I want you to let it go. Because when you don't, these things are there. How many times have you been so bothered by a, a wrongdoing that you can't even pray? You, you, you try to ascend and you bump into that wrongdoing. Okay? So let it go. It's such an important thing for us to understand God is so merciful, giving us this challenge. I'll forgive you, but what must you do first? Forgive others. Why? Because the soul is so devastated when you don't do that. It's an act of mercy from God to make us understand that to get over our, the garbage that we hold on to because of the holding on to our wrongdoing, that he wants us to be free from that. So he says, forgive, beloved, forgive. I want you, your souls to be free, to be lifted, to ascend, to, to fly with the angels, to progress to paradise, right? So we have to get this and understand how important it is for us to forgive. We don't want to live in that condition. God does not want us to live in that condition. So it becomes so important for us to see the power of our life when we forgive. Why do you feel so lifted when you forgive? Because all that stuff goes away. You can pray again. The nails stuck out, taken out of your soul. The mind is purified, right? The shoulders are light. You can feel you can fly with the angels again. It's such an important thing for us to understand this. 
Why is it so important to forgive? Because the soul, again, can soar. It can draw near to God. It can pray well. It can relate to people well. It can be kind again. Okay, what a powerful thing forgiveness is for us when we step into it. I think we have to see it uh, very importantly also as a divine act. A divine act. Because it's not simply a psychological uh, tool we're using, okay? It'd be good to forgive, but it's a divine act because God joins you in it. Because sometimes it's very hard for us to do this, you know, because we've been hurt in some ways, and it's, it's a deeper pain, and, and God can step in and help us with this. It's actually the very forgiveness of God that we're using to help forgive. Let me read this from Father Alexander Schmeyman. If you forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. He quotes the verse. He says this, The triumph of sin, the main sign of its rule over the world, is division, opposition, separation, and hatred. That's what sin brings into the world. Therefore, the first breakthrough of this fortress of sin is forgiveness. The return to unity, solidarity, and love. Forgiveness brings to unity, solidarity, and love. It brings us to that point. To forgive is to put between me and my enemy the radiant forgiveness of God himself. The radiant forgiveness of God himself. That forgiveness that he has forgiven you, right? What are you going to do with that? You're going to put that between you and that enemy. That forgiveness? Not some psychological game. Not some mental act. Not some courage of the inner person. The very radiant of forgiveness of God. The very radiant, that, that forgiveness that he gave to us on the cross. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That forgiveness is the forgiveness that you use to forgive others. Forgiveness of God, that's powerful stuff. It's a divine act, beloved. It's not a simple psychological game we play here. It's a divine act that we participate in. So very important, I think, for us to see and realize that. So, God forgives us in such a powerful way. Uh, all our sins, you know, when we come to him in repentance, he just forgives. You know what the priest says at the end of a, of a confession? Now having no further care for the sin that you've confessed, what did he say? Having no further care for the sin that you've confessed, depart in peace. What a gift! Is that a gift from God or what? We come with a broken heart about, we're ashamed of what we do, and we come ashamed of what we do, but we're not ashamed of our confession and repentance. 
and we offer that to God, and what's God say? Have no further care for the sin you've confessed, and depart in peace. Do we have a wonderful God, or what? All you have to do is say it. All you have to do is, is ask him. Even, even in our desperation when we sin immediately, God pours that forgiveness on us. It can be anointed in a, in a wonderful way when you come to confession, but every time you say, God, forgive me with a broken heart, God forgives. Wow. Are we not a lucky people? How many people walk around with so many cares for their missteps? How many people are, are devastated by the wrongs in their life? And when we come to confession, what do we hear? Having no further care for the sin that you have confessed. Depart in peace. We need to be so grateful for this gift of repentance that God has given to us. And so for us, when we see and experience that gift, should it not be that easy for us to turn around and forgive our brother or sister? Should it not be easy when you hear the words, depart in peace, no further care for the sin? When somebody sins against you, what then should be our response? I forgive you. I forgive you. I'll tell you a funny story. We need a little, we need a little humor right here, I think. It helps. <laughs> we were at our last uh, clergy conference, and the Metropolitan had made it very clear that during the service he didn't want any talk. No talking. And he's right, you know, we're coming out of the service and there's no talking. And so something was said in a little homily that I thought was kind of interesting, and so I spoke to one of the priests as we were stepping into the line. And of course, you know, it's, it, you've probably been in a situation like this where it's kind of noisy, and as soon as you speak, everything gets quiet, and you're the only guy talking, you know. So Metropolitan said, uh, that you, I, you, I don't know if you've ever seen the glare. I've seen it many times. And that pointed glare, you know, get that, that good old Arabic glare. Rawr. I said, oh, gosh. I said, I knew I did that. I shouldn't have done that. So I came up to him. And I kissed him on the shoulder. I said, forgive me. And he looked at me and he says, 70 times 7. 70 times 7. Every time, Father, I will forgive you. That's, that's our role as Christian people. Forgive me. 70 times 7. I'll, I'll never forget that. So when somebody offends me, 70 times 7. Which means every time. That's basically what that means. So don't count them. <laughs> I can see some of you math people out there going, okay, I'm going to count. You've got three more left. Forever, every time. Because when you turn to God and say, forgive me, what's God do? Every time. Forgives it. Every time. So we need to understand this. So, so beloved, may we truly step into this day and understand the great gift God has given us to forgive us everything. Like David's sin.
the sinful woman, Peter's denial, the prodigal son, right? The publican. All those sins, all those kind of faraway sins, those difficult troubles of life, all that is forgiven in Christ. So let us take advantage of that forgiveness and let's give that radiant forgiveness of God away to others. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.